0: Good morning again. It is my privilege to be able to kick off 2021 with you in the Word. Um, Pastor Jesse and Nancy are uh, traveling right now. They're with family, uh, celebrating the holidays, and just ask that you keep them in prayer as they travel home um, and return safely to us. We hope that uh, they are enjoying this time with family and that we will see them soon uh, as they return this week. So I want to ask you... Uh, a simple question uh, this morning. How are the New Year's resolutions going? Is it a little bit too early to be uh, measuring those yet? How many made New Year's resolutions? You're like, after 2020, what's the point? I think um, New Year's resolutions are very interesting because they often tend to be very lofty in their goals. Like going to the gym every day, I mean, that's, that's a huge commitment. Um, or eating right, or just wanting to spend more time with family, making all these big decisions, changes in your life that you want to see. But I wonder, have you ever made holiness one of your New Year's resolutions? What does that even mean? What does that even look like? Um... As I said before, uh, we're going to be going through 40 days of prayer as a church family, as a denomination, really. And what's interesting to me is that um, as we begin 2021, it's really not about us setting goals for ourselves. It's really not about us making New Year's resolutions, because it's not about us. It's about God. What is it that God wants to do in your life this year? Did you ever think for a moment that God might have a New Year's resolution for you? That he has something already in store for you that he is working out in your life. But it doesn't begin with you making yourself ready for that. It doesn't start out by you preparing for it. It starts with God and pursuing his presence. And so today we're gonna be talking about the holiness of God because when we pursue God's holiness, we find everything that we could possibly need for life and to accomplish what God has put before us. And it's not really about our holiness. It's not about us being perfect. It's not about us making ourselves right. It's about God's holiness. But what makes something holy? What makes us holy? The scriptures say be holy as my father in heaven is holy. So what makes us holy? It is the presence of the holy God. You see his presence transforms buildings, into holy places. His presence takes a bush and turns it into holy ground. And his presence takes all of us and makes us a holy people, as his word said. It is all about God's presence in our lives. You see, A.W. Tozer said this about holiness. Some people think that holiness is something that you get, that you take with you and carefully guard It lest you lose it. Holiness is nothing else than the holy God dwelling in a human's heart. Their heart will be holy because God is there and God is holy. Holiness is not based on the things that we do or do not. We have erred tremendously in this area and have caused great harm to Christianity. We are not seeking so much holiness as we are seeking the Holy One. It is all about God. 2021, uh, Pastor Jesse and I were discussing, you know, our hope for this year for our church. We were praying together uh, right after Christmas. And the thing that we talked about was we wanna see our church pursue holiness. We wanna see people thirst and hunger after God, but also to be obedient to God's word and his mission. We wanna see transformation. But transformation begins with an encounter with a holy God who is perfect. You see, encountering God sets in motion transformation. It begins with God. You see, if you begin with yourself, it's all about you. When it begins with God, it's about him, and that changes everything about your life. And so this morning, as we talk about the holiness of God, we're gonna begin in uh, the book of Isaiah, so that when we come to the prophet Isaiah, we're going to begin our year where he began his ministry and what transformed him. So I want to invite you to stand, and we're going to read through Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. Let's read together. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on the throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar, With it he touched my mouth and said see this has touched your lips your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for then i heard the voice of the lord saying whom shall i send and who will go for us and i said here am i send me may god add a blessing to the reading of his word you may be seated and so In this encounter with God, Isaiah starts off with this vision of God's holiness in the first four verses. I just wanna go a little bit deeper in talking about what is holiness exactly. We talk about the holiness of God, we talk about being holy, and I think there's a little bit of a misconception about what we think holiness is. Wayne Grudem defines holiness as the doctrine that God is separate from sin and devoted to seeking his own glory. You see, God seeks for himself to be glorified at all times, in all places, in all situations. he is always seeking that he would be glorified in his creation and in his people. I think the world often thinks of holiness as just about being morally good and have um, moral upstanding among people, that we just have a good image, that we do all the right things. But when referring to the holiness of God, the holiness takes on a much richer meaning. You see, God's holiness is his defining characteristic. It is a term used in scripture to describe both his goodness and his power. It is completely unique and utterly all-powerful, radiating out from him like an energy. In fact, God's holiness is so overwhelming that it can be dangerous to approach. Think about that. It's it's helpful to think about God like the sun. The sun is so bright and powerful that the energy it radiates out throughout the entire solar system. It's good and it's helpful to be within reach of its energy, but the sun itself is so powerful that it's dangerous to get too close. In scripture where we see examples of mortal men approaching the presence of the almighty God, the exact same scenario takes place. Just for example, Moses, as I said earlier, in the burning bush, as Moses approaches the burning bush, God says, take off your sandals because you are approaching holy ground. His presence is so intense that he, he can't get too close. And in the first four verses that we see in this chapter in Isaiah, we see the holiness of God displayed in three ways. The first is that God's holiness is displayed in his power. Verse 1 says, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. He was high and exalted. You see, Isaiah's vision of God showed that God was supreme and without equal. While we as humans are mastered by sin, God is mastered by no one. There is no equal that exists. He is above all. He is supremely powerful and without rival. God's holiness is evidence in the fact that he is free from sin. God has never made a mistake. God, in him, there is no sin. First John 1 John 1.5 says, God is light, and in him there is no darkness. There is no error with God, no defilement, no imperfection, no mistake. Nothing is out of place when it comes to God. The next way we see God's holiness displayed in this chapter is in his personification. Isaiah's vision of God revealed God in regal dress, seated on the throne above all other thrones. There is no king or authority that sits above God and his majesty is undiluted. There is no one on earth, no king, no politician, no one in power that is above our God. He reigns supremely, and he is, has all authority over all creation, everyone on earth. God is holy because he sits above all other sovereigns. He is high and lifted up. Isaiah describes this as well in Isaiah chapter 45. He says, and the Lord says this, I am the Lord and there is no other. Apart from me, there is no God. I will strengthen you though you have not acknowledged me so that from the rising of the sun to the place of its setting, people may know that there is none beside me. I am the Lord and there is no other. We serve a mighty God, amen, who is faithful, who is steadfast, who has never failed in anything that he has done. That is a display of his holiness and his greatness. He deserves our worship because he is worthy of it. The third way that God's holiness is displayed is in his praise. We see in the next few verses, above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying. That's a pretty interesting sight that Isaiah is having right now. And they were calling to one another, saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Just, I want us to stop for a moment and I want us to kind of share that vision that Isaiah is having. He's in the presence, the very presence of God himself. And he is seeing these winged, these six winged, creatures that are fiery angelic beings singing holy 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 is the lord god almighty and they are doing it over and over and over again god is so holy that angelic beings themselves have to cover their face and their feet when they are in god's presence Isaiah is with his own eyes seeing God himself in all of his splendor, in all of his holiness. See, Isaiah's vision of God revealed a God who was receiving constant praise from those who surrounded his throne. The constant praise of God is very unique when we look at the scriptures because we see this all also in Revelation that when we get to heaven, we will also see this very same thing of God being praised and glorified endlessly day and night, singing holy, holy, holy is he. Why, because his glory and his holiness know no end. God is worthy of receiving continual praise in our worship. So when you're in this moment like Isaiah, what should your response be? When you're seeing something so amazing, so awe-inspiring that you can barely describe it with words, What is your response going to be? This was Isaiah's response in verse five. I think it's pretty obvious. He says, woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. One response, to God's holiness from Isaiah is self-awareness. It's like, okay, I'm in the presence of God. He is perfect. I am not. In the presence of God's holiness, Isaiah came face to face with his unholy condition. Isaiah wasn't holy, he was far from holy, and seeing true holiness only highlighted his own Inadequacies. When we come to God's presence, who is perfect and knows no sin, it reveals something in us in the fact that we are not holy. We are sinful beings who need a Savior. When we have a right view of God, we are able to have a very correct view of ourselves, and I think that we need to be honest about our spiritual condition before God. I think we avoid spending time in God's presence because we know that there are things in our life that need to be dealt with. And whenever we come into God's presence, whenever we read God's word, we spend time in prayer, the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin and we realize that things need to be dealt with, that confession needs to take place. And Isaiah in this moment, he's seeing God and he's like, I am unclean, I am not worthy to be in God's presence because I am sinful and my people are sinful. The other thing that Isaiah experienced was fear. I think we can be afraid. In the the presence of God's holiness, Isaiah feared what would become of him because of God's unique status. Because by definition, holiness cannot be in communion with unholiness. That's why when Adam and Eve Eve sinned, they had to leave the garden because they were, they can no longer be in right relationship with God because of their sinful nature. God is holy and he cannot be in the presence of unholiness. E.W. Tozer says, until we have seen ourselves as God sees us, we are not likely to be disturbed over conditions around us as long as they do not get so far out of hand as to threaten our comfortable way of life. Friends, we cannot get too comfortable in our Christian walk. We have to come to the presence of God daily so that we might experience, number one, his holiness, but we might be able to confess our sin and deal with our sin so that no longer keeps us from experiencing the life that God is calling us to. I think another example Have you ever been afraid to go to the doctor? I actually have a friend that refuses to go to the doctor because he knows if he goes to the doctor, the doctor's gonna tell him there's something wrong with him. So as long as he avoids going there, he doesn't have to deal with it. I think we do that a lot with our sin. We don't come to God because we know that there is something that is not right that needs to be dealt with, that we need to bring before the throne of God and lay it at his feet and allow him and the Holy Spirit to do a deep work within us, to cleanse us from our unrighteousness so that the righteousness of God can dwell within us and do a deeper work. And the thing is, it's not easy to admit that you are not perfect. It is not easy to come before God and wrestle with your sin as Isaiah was doing. It's not always comfortable, but the thing is when we come to God's presence, we get to experience healing. And this painful process is the way that leads to transformation in our lives. And so we have a picture of God's holiness, and then Isaiah says, I am not worthy, I am sinful, I am unclean. And so what is God's response to Isaiah's unholiness? Into our unholiness. Verse six. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he has taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. What did God do in this vision? The holy God who is above all else, all others, sent an intermediary to help with his unholy creation. This is what a holy God does. He redeems his unholy creation by sharing an aspect of his holiness, atonement. See, a holy God cannot have sin be in his presence, and so what does he do? He makes what is unholy, holy. Isaiah did not make himself holy. God had to bridge the gap. A fresh encounter with God leads to cleansing and forgiveness. And God does the same thing for us today that he did for Isaiah. God sent his son Jesus to be an intermediary between himself and his sinful creation. Jesus came so that we might experience the holiness of God. We see this in Hebrews chapter four and chapter seven. It says, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith that we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way so that just as we are, yet he did not sin. Such a high priest truly meets our need. He comes to us and meets us where we are at. He is one who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens, unlike any other high priest. He does not need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sins and then for the sins of his people. He sacrificed for their sins once for all when he offered himself. Jesus did that for you and for me. Jesus is the one who makes us holy. Isaiah fifty three twelve. for he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. You see, God redeems us through the sacrifice of Jesus. A holy God has taken what is unholy and made it holy. God did this for you and for me in Jesus. Ephesians 1 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. You see, we will never see the depths of God's love until we first see him in perfect holiness. We experience redemption through the holiness of Jesus, through his righteousness. And so what is Isaiah's response when this happens? When he finds himself, find himself redeemed, he is made clean in the presence of a holy God. Verse eight, then I heard a voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. First, we need to understand something in this question from God that says whom shall I send and who will go for us it's interesting he says for us right here I believe what Isaiah is seeing is the Trinity it is the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit all there together what this is actually describing is that God is on mission God is at work he is a missionary God and he is calling us to be a missionary people See, Isaiah's response once he was cleansed was he worshiped God because he recognized that he was clean. But Isaiah was also willing to put himself in a place of service for God. So what is our response going to be? Are we going to respond like Isaiah? Are we going to be afraid? Are we going to hide from God's presence? Or once we have realized that we have been forgiven we have been redeemed by a perfect and holy God are we going to do what Isaiah did and are we going to serve are we going to follow Jesus our response should be that when we are clean we should worship and celebrate a God who has had every right to remove us because of our sinfulness and unholiness but he invites us into relationship instead When we are brought into relationship, our worship should lead us to a place of willing service for a holy God. When you experience the deep cleansing as Isaiah did, you are moved to share the message of grace that you've received with the world around you. Are we gonna put ourselves in a place to serve God in 2021? Come before him in his holiness and his splendor. Allow the work of God, the holiness of God to cleanse us of our unrighteousness, of our sin and to make us able to be able to follow and serve him. Are we going to allow the Holy Spirit to do that work within us? I want to invite the worship team to come back up as we prepare to enter in into a time of worship again. When we come face to face with the holiness of God, the only proper response is to worship him. Worship the God who grants us relationship and to be able to follow him and willingly serve in his name. And the thing is, he gives us a choice. And he's asking us this morning, who will go? Who will serve? Who who will declare to the world what I have done and who I am? A fresh encounter with God leads us to both a willingness and a readiness to serve him. God's holiness is what qualifies us and enables us for mission. It's not our holiness. It's not us being perfect and ready and making ourselves qualified. It's God who qualifies us. It's His grace that enables us. You see, God's grace as we see in Isaiah, He takes Isaiah from a place of woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips, to a place of here am I, send me. That is God's grace in action. And our view of God as we begin 2021 is going to set the pace and tone for us as we go forward and as we serve Him because a low view of God and his holiness will will result in partial and meager service to him. But if we have a proper view of God that Isaiah was able to have, it will result in courageous and diligent obedience to the directing of the Holy Spirit. It leads to commitment. It leads to complete transformation in our lives. If we want to see real change, and we want to serve Christ in all that we do, we must first come face to face with the holiness and glory of God. Hebrews 10.10 says, we have been made holy through the sacrifice and the body of Jesus Christ once for all. It all comes back to Jesus. In John chapter 12, John actually talks about Isaiah and the vision that he had. He goes on to quote Isaiah chapter 6 and a few other verses, but he says that Isaiah saw the glory of Jesus in this moment. They're actually saying that it was Jesus that Isaiah saw on the throne. And what's so amazing is that Jesus went from a throne of glory, of praise, And he went into a manger as we just celebrated this past Advent and Christmas season. And from a manger, he went to the cross. The God who is perfect, who is holy, who is sovereign above all creation came to us and gave his life who was perfect and blameless so that we might be called holy and blameless. This morning, we're going to partake of communion together. Because right now, when we come to this table, we have a picture of God's holiness in Jesus. Communion is a reminder for us to encounter Christ this morning, to enter into his presence, Jesus, who is the Holy One. He is the one who makes us holy through taking upon our sin on the cross. A.W. Tozer also says that we must hide our unholiness in the wounds of Christ. We come before Jesus in our unholiness, in our imperfection, and we lay it all at his feet so that we allow the holiness of our perfect God to become our holiness. One of the things that communion does for us this morning as we enter into the presence of God is that just as Isaiah had to examine himself before a holy God, we must examine ourselves. We must confess our sin before God so that we might experience the cleansing that Isaiah did. And just as Isaiah then said, Lord, I will go for you. I will proclaim who you are to my people. When we come to this table and we partake of the bread and the juice that represents the body and blood of Jesus, we are also proclaiming who Jesus is and what he has accomplished until he returns again. It's all about his holiness. It's not about us, it's about him. So I invite you to come this morning as we prepare, as we enter in. Take hold of this opportunity. God is inviting you into his presence. Not so that you can feel guilty, not that you can feel shame because of your sins, so that he might take it from you and take it upon himself, which he did on the cross. In 2021, let's pursue the presence of God. Let's pursue his holiness so that we might see transformation in our lives, but also in the lives of the people around us so that we might see transformation in the city of Orlando, that we might see people glorify their father in heaven. Amen? It is all about Jesus. So take a few moments. I want to invite um, Matt, if you would come. And Jose, if you would come as we prepare to partake to spend a few moments in God's presence. Be in awe of who he is and what he has done and allow his holiness to do a work in you so that we start off this year looking to him and allowing God to work within us and lead us where he wants us to go so that we might put ourselves in a position to say, here am I, Lord, send me, I will go.